please <laughs> sit. Thank you. So I'm so great to, to be able to come back to this church. And uh, so again, I want to pray and ask that God will, will be with us, right? Because um, we need to hear from Jesus. And, and uh, so let's just pray that he will meet every one of us, including myself. So Lord, thank you for the privilege it is to be in this amazing church. I'm humbled to be here, Lord. Thank you for everyone who made the effort to come, and I ask that you would bless them by giving them a greater understanding of what it means to be your son or daughter. Lord, I, I pray that you'd help me not to get in your way. Uh, let me speak uh, not with my authority, but with your authority. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So if you weren't here uh, this morning, just a brief introduction. Uh, I started many years ago in Amsterdam, Holland. That's where I met my wife, where my sons uh, were born there. And uh, we felt like we were supposed to reach the young people that were alienated from the church, that would uh, that think that, that Jesus is just a dead tradition from the past. And, uh, and now it has turned into a worldwide uh, mission. Literally, we're working all over the, the planet and now you have, because of globalization, because of the internet, you have a whole generation that has been raised on pornography, has been raised on social media and secular humanism that have, uh, I mean, you see now just unbelievable brokenness and emptiness. Um, right now, it just came out in the United States that the, the uh, second most cause of death among young people is suicide, which is, I know is is a big problem here in New Zealand as well, and it's a worldwide epidemic. And we have a broken heart to reach. Well, God has a broken heart, and he's asked us to have his heart to reach these people. And so, uh, so I have some books back there, I think. Is Bryce? I don't know. Yes, there's Bryce. Can you stand up? This is Bryce. He's the head of our work here in New Zealand. He knows everything. Thank you, Bryce. Thank you for welcoming Bryce. He's... Oh, he has his young... Anyway, so, um, yes, Bright, we have a work in Taronga, reaching backpackers. There's like 50,000 a month coming through uh, Taronga alone, and so they're seeing God do amazing things. We have an exhibit in Wellington right now going on, all kinds of cool stuff, and uh, I have some of my books there, so like I said in this morning, you can steal a book if you'd like, and I, I, we don't care. We'll forgive you, but God won't, so... <laughs> But uh, anyways, like one of my books is 10 Principles That Will uh, Revolutionize, or no, see, Revolutionary, 10 Principles That Will Revolutionize, I don't remember the title, but it's a great book. <laughs> All right, why would I know the title to my own stupid book? Revolutionary, 10 Principles. I spent a long day. Um, Revolutionary, 10 principles that will empower Christian artists to change the world. And so, obviously it doesn't change my memory, but um, like I said, it's not things like how to play your guitar, you know, how to be professional in your instruments, but what if for every hour I spent 
practicing my guitar, I spent another hour crying out to Jesus. I spent another hour seeking God. Can you imagine the kind of worship times we'd have if our worship band spent as much time practicing they spent praying and crying out to Jesus? Can you imagine the, the kind of power that would come into our music and art, which, by the way, is one of the most powerful ways to reach this secular global youth culture. And so we have a passion for that. I have a podcast. You want to put that up? Provoke and Inspire. Uh, that on, the, on my right there, that's Chad Johnson. He's a, he was an A&R guy for Tooth and Nail Records in Nashville. He lives in Nashville. He's worked with some amazing artists all over the world. Uh, that's uh, Luke Greenwood. He is our European director. He grew up in Brazil, lives in Poland. That's my son, Ben. He's the uh, creative director of No Longer Music, a band that I'm a part of. And the guy with the sunglasses is some homeless guy we're trying to help. And uh, it's not going so good. But so anyway, but uh, like next week, we have Brian Head Welsh on our podcast from Corn. Uh, he works with us. And uh, the week after that, we have Cy Rogers. And like I mentioned this morning, Cy Rogers is probably one of the uh, one of the best speakers in the world today when it comes to issues of sexual brokenness. Now how people say that their, their sex is not their biology, but how they feel, which just is an example of the, how messed up things have become. These are the kind of issues we talk about with people who really know what they're doing that are out there. And then how can you be a follower of Jesus today in the world we live in today? So I encourage you to check out our podcast. And I have another one of my books here. Uh, rock priest, and this has all kinds of crazy stories, some of them true. Um, let's see what else. Oh, yeah, so I w I'd like to, this, I want to show a video of our summer tour in Europe. You know, Europe is, uh, is like New Zealand. I mean, there's, very, there's so many places there where, where very few people have ever had a chance to hear about Jesus. You know, if you say, hey, I'm a Christian, they're not going to listen to you because they think, oh, yeah, Christians is this big, dead, empty church down the road. And so we use music and art to reach them. And I'll just give you a small example from our summer tour that we just did. Can you stop the show because uh, uh, Imam is singing his prayer to his God? And I said, no, we doesn't want to, to stop the show because we are worshiping our God. And then he, it was a man inside of the crowd with a knife and he was uh, showing to the people and he was making scare them. But I told and I spoke with the policeman, he take this man and 
put away and the show was going normally. No longer music is not just music. In the drama we have the message. In this tour we have shaken Albania even in the Ramadan month with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Everything was going, you know, pretty smoothly, and then all of a sudden, just before the show was supposed to start, this gigantic thunderstorm came in. But the crazy thing is, people still stayed, and then all of a sudden, the generator went out, and so I thought, well, we still have to preach. So I got one of our guys to get a, a torch, and we went over there, like underneath this building, and we explained who Jesus is. People prayed to receive Jesus. God showed us that the power is not just in the show, but the power is in the message of, of the cross. And I forgot to mention, the biggest television station in Hungary came and did a live interview with Ben and I, and we were able to share in a very natural way uh, the gospel on the biggest secular Hungary uh, television station in Hungary. God used this show in ways that we didn't expect. It wasn't easy but sometimes it's not easy. We just need to be faithful. Even though the power is out, really, the power is still here. <laughs> it's in my heart and in their heart and in the music. I don't know, I, I really love the people. I think art is supposed to have a message. You know, I think that's why we do what we do, because we're passionate about something. We want to tell something. Because I see a world that's just falling apart. And I think that's because they've been told they're an accident. You know, that life has no real meaning. Some millions of years ago, there was an explosion, and now we're here for no reason. And so I just have to do the best to fill this emptiness that I feel. We are made for a relationship with God, not for these material things. And so that's our message. We want to share this hope that you're made to know Jesus. Not some religion, but a real relationship, like a friend, like a father. How many people here tonight want what I'm talking about? You want to have this peace in your life. This this message was it? Is it something that you had heard before, or how how did that impact you? Before, no, really no. Yeah, I don't heard this thing. Yeah. I go a train, I do problems. Yeah, I'm all the time alone. And I don't talk to the girls, you know. But from today, I want to do it really. <laughs> Czyli co, 
przed przedstawieniem w ogóle nie wierzyłeś w Boga? Ja ogólnie przychodząc tutaj kłóciłem się właśnie z tym kolegą właśnie na temat Boga. Mówię, jak możesz cały czas o tym mówić? Jak dopiero dzisiaj odkryłem takie coś po prostu, nie? Jak mam być szczery, to ja nawet nie wiem jak się modlić. A w pewnym momencie zacząłem mówić po prostu do Boga. Zrożyliście mi drogę. To, to było potwierdzenie. Drogi Ojcze. Drogi Ojcze. Dziękuję, że dałeś nam swojego syna. Dziękuję, że dałeś nam swojego syna. Jezusa Chrystusa. Jezusa Chrystusa. Który umarł za mnie na krzyżu. Który umarł za mnie na krzyżu. Za wszystkie moje grzechy. Za wszystkie moje grzechy. I przepraszam cię za nie, wybacz mi. Przepraszam cię za nie, wybacz mi. I proszę cię, zaadoptuj mnie do swojego królestwa. Proszę, zaadoptuj mnie do swojego królestwa. Jak swojego syna. Jak swojego syna. I zapisz moje imię. Zapisz moje imię. Księdze żywota wiecznego. Księdze żywota wiecznego. So anyway, it's been an amazing time. Um, and like in the video, we show this, uh, this morning a video where we were playing in, in Colombia and in Bogota, a very crazy city. And uh, there were people that would just come and they just come to the concert and get healed. And then they go, what's happened? I just, I'm healed. You know, what's going on? They want to give their life to Jesus. Or uh, this, this one guy, his, his arm was, was bandaged and these three guys, and they were not interested. And so someone prayed for them. All of a sudden, he starts taking the bandage off his arms, and he goes, I can, my, my, my arm's better. And so all three of them gave their life to Jesus. I mean, amazing, amazing stuff like that. And so anyway, I could go on and on, but you know, as I, as it's not just to be, it's not like it's just happening somewhere else. It's happening here, too, in New Zealand, isn't it? And uh, like, I can remember one of the first times that I came here, I was invited to go to Auckland University um, to a student club with my band. Now, you think the only thing we do is this band, but it's, it's not. But it's my illustrations about what I'm doing. So Steiger is much more than just no longer music. But anyway, so I was here with my band, and Auckland University said, we, hey, we'd like you to come and play in our club so we can mock you. That's what they said. We want you to come because you're a stupid Christian, and we think it'd be cool to have a stupid Christian man play. And we thought, great, we want to come. And so, so honestly, we're playing, all these cynical university students just down the road, we're playing, and the power of the Holy Spirit sink came so strong into the bar that the bartender was weeping, and they couldn't hold their drinks at the bar. We were playing... We were in Wellington, and we don't uh, normally go to churches. We norm it's normally we do things outside of the church, but this pastor said, please, please, can you do just part of your show in this church, in his church? And he had a pretty cool church, and I said, sure, and, it, and it's a, um, we do a modern-day depiction of the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus because Paul said that he preached Christ and him crucified so that people would not be convinced by human wisdom but by God's power, Right? So when you lift up the cross, not in the cliche way, you know, not a piece of jewelry that you wear around your neck, but when you lift up the cross in a way that people understands, the power of Jesus comes. 
This is stuff we teach at our schools. Some of you need to come to our school in Germany and we could help you with this. But anyway, so we're in this church in Wellington. So this guy, and this guy said, you gotta come see this band. He's like, I'm not into church. He's this real cynical dude. I'm not into, he goes, come on, you gotta see this. And so he forced him. He said, I'll take you out for a nice dinner if you come. So he says, all right, if I, I'll, for a nice meal, I'll come. So he comes there. We start showing on the stage the, the, the modern day depiction of the uh, crucifixion of Jesus, right? On stage. All of a sudden he, he said, I couldn't, I went blind and I couldn't hear. And then all of a sudden I could see again, but I couldn't hear. And at the same time on the stage, you were doing this, showing how Jesus came back to life. And he said, all of a sudden my hands just started raising up. I don't know why. I couldn't stop it. My hands were raising up like this. And then all of a sudden I started to hear. And he said, what's happening to me? This is in Wellington, not in, not in uh, Ukraine, not in Colombia, Wellington. We need to see more of this. I don't, so many people, if you went out in the street, in this city, and you go, I am a Christian, they go, yeah, whatever. Oh, so you're one of those people that want to, want to uh, you know, that believes in this, this oppressive old dead religion, which is the opposite of the truth. In the meantime, they're so, they're like zombies. The world turns us into zombies, takes our soul away from us. And they need to hear about Jesus. But we need, we need to get out of our Christian ghetto. And we need to go out. And we need to learn their language. We need to learn their language. You know, this is important. Part of the reason they reject what we say is because we talk in some strange Christian language we don't even understand ourselves. You know, I don't even get it. I don't understand it. We use words like come to the sanctum, some, I don't know, the vestry and stuff. What the heck is a vestry? I don't know what a vestry, all these strange words. You can imagine you come from, from the street, come with us to the vestry. They're like, I don't think I want to do that. That doesn't sound very very good to me. Anyway, we are called to do, to be a follower of Jesus has always been supernatural. Wouldn't it have turned into this non, just this philosophy or this lifestyle? What the heck? Why, when does this ever happen? Is when does this ever happen? And the fact is, and it also says in Ephesians 1.18, that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is available to everyone who believes. Yeah. Not just soup, not just certain people, you know what I mean? Not like the, who are the special people. Everyone who believes has the same power available to them that raised Jesus from the dead. Every single one of us, as lame as we are, has the same power, has this power inside of us because God wants to get the glory for my life. And he wants to show his power in New Zealand. So what stops this from happening? Because I think there are people here tonight that have great callings in their life. Why? What is the thing, you know, that keeps me from my calling? So let's imagine now. We're finished with the, with the meeting. We go out into the parking lot. And all of a sudden, there's like this crazy guy 
in the parking lot. He's going crazy. So you get out your phone and you call the police. There's a crazy guy in the parking lot. So the police come and they take him away. No, it's not talk. It's uh, <laughs> another one. So, so there's this crazy guy in the parking lot. So the police come and they take him away and they put him in jail. But he's like, he's really strong. So he breaks free from the jail and he goes out again. So the police grab him again. And then this time they, they, they actually tie him down. But he's so strong, he breaks the chains and then he escapes again. And then he goes out into a, into a graveyard and he starts picking up stones and he starts cutting himself with these stones. And pretty soon he's like bleeding. And so you're walking down the street with your girlfriend. And all of a sudden this guy comes running towards you. And he's got these chains and he's bleeding. He's walking towards you. This is what happened to Jesus. There was this guy in the village. And he was scaring everybody in the village. So they would capture him put him in, in, a, in jail and he'd escape. And so they'd capture him again. They chained him down, but he was so strong, he broke the chains and he went into the tombs and he picked up stones and he started cutting himself. Maybe he was cutting himself because he was filled with thousands of demons. Maybe that's why so many people cut themselves today. You know, trying to get the pain, trying to get the pain out. Maybe that's what he was doing. And so Jesus saw him and told the demons to come out. And the demons said, would it be, can we go into the pigs over here? Because there's a herd of pigs. And Jesus said, yeah, okay, go into the pigs. So the demons all came out of the man and went into 2,000 pigs. Now the pigs didn't like it. They didn't like having demons in them. So they all decided to run off a cliff. So there's like this big cliff that went into the sea. You know, you have a lot of those kind of cliffs here in New Zealand. So this beautiful cliff. Imagine it. See it? This big cliff. And then it goes, goes down really far down to these rocks. 2,000 pigs. 2,000, one, two, three, piles of dead pigs. The people from the village come, and they see the man that was scaring everyone in the village. He's completely set free. They look over the cliff, and they see 2,000 dead pigs. What do they do? They pleaded with Jesus to leave their village. Jesus, leave us. What? Why? Well, I think the answer is obvious. They thought if Jesus stays in our village, we'll lose all of our pigs. <laughs> they loved pigs more than they love Jesus. So the, so the question for me tonight is this. Who do I love more? Pigs or Jesus? And you're going, why did I come? I know, 
I'm waiting for those wraps, those chicken wraps. Because this message is so irrelevant to me. I don't have any pigs. I have a cat. But let me tell you, there are different kinds of pigs. So I'm in Amsterdam where God called me after university and I'm going to meet somebody on the street. And as I was getting ready to go meet somebody on the street, I got this strong, this strong thought in my head, go back to your room and go back to your room. And I, it was so weird, I couldn't get it out of my head. It was such a strong thought in my head, go back to your room. So I ignored the guy that I had, was gonna talk to on the street about Jesus. I, and I went back to my room. So I go back to my room and then I felt like God said to me, kneel by your bed. And so I knelt by my bed. And I felt like God said to me, I want you to pray that you'll be willing to be single for the rest of your life, to not get married the rest of your life if that's what I want. And I'm like, Okay, you know, that, that, so I knelt by my bed, and I said, God, you know, that would be hard for me, but with your help, if that's what you want, I'll do it. And then three days later, I met this girl, <laughs> and I knew that she was the one that God had chosen for me to be my wife. And I know some of you are going to go home and try this tonight. But how many people, how many people do I know that I went to university with, they had such amazing dreams, such, such amazing plans for their life, but they threw it all away because of bad relationships. How many people are here that have such a calling, God wants to do so much in your life, but you can throw it all away with bad relationships. You think it's all right, you know, you, you, you're playing around, you're involved in all these bad relationships. And I have so many friends that I started out with whose lives today are a living hell because of bad relationships. I'm telling you, you need to kill bad relationships. You need to let them go off the cliff and not allow them to destroy the amazing calling God wants to give you in your life. So God asked me to leave my, my home in the United States and go to Amsterdam. And I, I, came from a, I come from a very beautiful part of the United States and I have a very, I'm very close to my family there. And God asked me to leave my home country and to move into a crazy city, you know, where you know, in this tiny little uh, one room apartment. And I can remember, it was, sometimes it was so hard, you know, because I was used to, to being able to have green grass and space and everything, and I'm in this really psycho and dense, crazy place, and I can remember sometimes in the early days, I would feel loneliness, almost like a physical pain, and it was hard, you know, and, and it, was, it, was, it, was, it was, especially when I started 
In the first few years, it was so hard. But what if I would have said no to God? What if I would have said, no, God, I have to live here. I have to have this kind of lifestyle. I have to have this kind of job. I have to have this kind of house. I have to do all these kinds of things. What if I would have said, not given my security to God? How many people miss out on the amazing life God wants them to have because they, they're not willing to give their security to Jesus? I'm telling you, you've got to kill this pig. So I'm there in Amsterdam with my wife. Her name is Jody, too. And I'm with my wife, Jody. I hope she can come here next time I come. But so we didn't have any money. And so we were able to get a job cleaning someone's house so we could buy food. Literally, just so we could get some food so we could do the ministry God had asked us to do. And we were, I was so grateful for this job because... You know, we actually could get some money to buy food. And then I would go back to the, to the States to visit my friends. And they'd be buying their houses, and they'd be buying their cars. And then I'd go back to our one-room apartment in Amsterdam cleaning houses. And I can remember saying to God, one, one time I was saying to God, why did, you, why did you have me go to university? If you wanted me to work for, for less than minimum wage, cleaning houses. Why did, you, why did you have me go to university? Why did you have my wife go to university if you just want us to clean houses? And I felt like God said to me, David, are you willing to spend your whole life cleaning houses and living in this one-room apartment if that's what I want you to do? Because you, there's, there are people here, I promise you, there are people here tonight that are going to throw away all the amazing things that God wants to give you because of materialism. You're going to sacrifice everything to it. You're going to sacrifice your husband or your wife to it. You're going to sacrifice your children to it. And one day you're going to be an old man or an old woman. And you're going to look at all the amazing things you've accumulated. Yeah. And you're going to go, God, what have I done with my life? We need to kill this pig. Yeah. I had a friend who he had a, an amazing, amazing ministry. Beautiful wife, traveling the world, amazing ministry but he was playing around with pornography. And he's thinking, I mean, it's okay. No big deal. Everybody's doing it. Today, his wife has left him. His ministry is destroyed. And his life is in ruins. How many people are going to throw away the amazing life God wants to give you because of this pig? Kill it. Kill it. The worst, there's a lot of pigs, but the, I, the worst one is pride. Because if Jesus is able, 
which he is, to take a guy who's living in a graveyard, cutting himself with stones, who has thousands of demons inside of him, is he, if he's able to set him free, he can set me free. There is no pig, there is nothing in my life that Jesus can't set me free from. I am not a victim. I can be free because of the cross, because of what Jesus did. I can be free. Jesus, Paul said to be a follower of Jesus is to be more than a conqueror. And a conqueror is when you have complete victory. Paul wanted to emphasize that when you're a follower of Jesus, you are more than a conqueror. So why do we carry all these pigs around? Why do we carry all these pigs around? You can't do anything when you got to carry a bunch of pigs around with you. But you got but the pride pig, you know, it's the one that keeps you from you care more about what people think about you than what God does. You have to kill your pride. That's where liberation begins. So, let's kill some pigs tonight. Yeah? I'm, I'm sorry if you've... I'm always asking people to come forward, but I don't know how else to do it. And I don't think it's enough to just stand up or raise your hand. So if you feel like you got to kill some pigs, if you've... I don't know, maybe it's something I mentioned, maybe it's something else, then come up to the front. Kneel with me. And if you can't kneel, you can stand if it's too hard for you to kneel. But it is important that you respond. It's not good enough to sit in your chair if God has convicted you tonight. Don't be manipulated by my words. Please don't be manipulated. But if you know that you... This was for you, and that there are some pigs that need to die in your life, then humble yourself because this is your time. Jesus is here right now, and He wants you to leave here pigless. Just come. Here we are, Lord. And we want to, we don't want, I don't want to have pigs. I want you. I want you, Lord. And so, again, with my brothers and sisters here tonight, I just say, Lord, I don't want any of these pigs in my life. 
I don't want anything that's going to keep me from the destiny that you have created for me. And I pray for all these beautiful people that you will show them that they don't have to have this, this stuff, that you are the liberator, that they can be free, that they can be more than a conqueror through him who loved us because of what you did for us, Jesus. Open our eyes, Lord. Let us see this truth and, and let it revolutionize us. Hmm. For those of you that are here, like, and I think this is a real word for some of us who are single. Um, if you could meet my wife, Jody, you would see that there's, she is like the perfect complement for me. There's no way I could do what God called me to do without her. She's strong where I'm weak, and I'm strong where she's weak, and together we're 10 times, 100 times more strong than we would be on our own. And so the reason you want to surrender your, your relationships to Jesus is because you want God's choice for you. Now, I know that there are some people who are called to be single. Like, I've, I know some people who work in some really dangerous parts of the world, and it's better for them not to be married. But that's a very rare thing. That's a really unusual calling. Most people, 99% uh, People of the people here, I would say, are called to, to be married. And that means that God has the perfect husband or the perfect wife for you. So you need to like give this to him and say, God, don't let me, I, want, I, I don't want to manipulate things or try to do things. Just when you're ready, bring that, that husband or that wife to me. Really, this is so serious. I, so, I know so many people have been taken out by this. So don't let it happen to you. If you're single, don't let that happen to you. And this whole pornography thing, it's a, like a devastation. And when you're in a sewer, it's hard not to be polluted. So you have to be smart. Just be smart about it. Like if you're in your car and you're, if you put your seatbelt on, if you're smart, if, you're, if you have a computer, you need to have an accountability on your computer. So that if I come home late at night and I want to look up something on the computer that I shouldn't look up, what I look up gets emailed to my wife. So that helps me not want to do that because I, I, I don't want some bad thing to be emailed to my wife. So you need to set something like that up on your phone, on your computer. Have an accountability person. Make it be your grandma or something. Somebody you wouldn't want <laughs> Maybe not your grandma. You don't want to kill your grandma. <laughs> but just do it. Don't leave here. Say, tell somebody, I'm getting, a, I'm getting an accountability thing on my phone, on my computer. You can get it. 
They're everywhere. You know, triplexchurch.com. Just go on and get that. But don't let this ruin your life. And the other last thing, it is not a, it is such a privilege to, to give everything you have to Jesus. It's not, yes, it's a sacrifice on some level, but it's not really. My life has been richer beyond anything I can imagine. My God has looked after me better than I could look after myself. My sons and now my wives and now my grandkids. I am so blessed. It would, I'm, I'm telling you, the world doesn't have nothing compared to Jesus. Nothing. Nothing. It's like people make, they, they make, they're getting a big house. Like they, they, they make that their God. Then they throw away what God would do in their life for a stupid house they can't even go to because they're working day and night to pay off the, dumb, the mortgage. What, a, what is the point of that? Do something, do something radical with your life. Like someone who just talked to me, I know God has called me to Auckland to reach the people in this city. Spend your whole life here and never, never run out of things to do. Or maybe you should be going to, to help us in, in, in Turkey or in, or in Lebanon or in Jordan or in Ukraine or Russia. Anyway, I'm sorry. But I think this is a critical time for some of us. We're like on a like this crossroads and your life goes by like this. You're 20, you're 30, you're 40, it goes like that. Take this very seriously. Don't let, don't let, don't let this happen to you. Don't wake up one day and go, wow, what happened to me? How did I end up like this? No, that's not gonna happen to us. And the good news is if you've made some wrong choices, God is the God of new beginnings. The past is behind, and now is the time to make good choices. One of the most radical evangelists I ever saw in Germany, reaching the alternative scene in Germany, was a grandmother who decided when she was 70 years old to get radical about her life and her walk with Jesus. And she had one of the most amazing ministries reaching the the anarchist in Berlin, this grandmother, she just was a normal looking grandmother. She didn't look, you know, she didn't have a mohawk or anything. She's just a normal grandmother. So it's never too late, but don't waste any more time. Right? Lord, have your way in all of us. The world's burning. And we want to respond. Like we talked about this morning, you are the, give us the heart of the good shepherd. I know that's the heart of this church. This is what burns in the heart of the leaders here. Well, Lord, multiply it by, by a hundred. Move faster, Lord. We, we, we can't wait. We don't have time. Lord, move faster. Do things quicker. Move quicker, Lord. Lord, make us cry out to you. Hebrews 11, 6, God rewards those who seek him with a desperate heart. We need to start seeking God with a desperate heart. We need to start having all-night prayer meetings in the forest. We need to, what you do when, in your free time is what makes your life extraordinary. Instead of being online, maybe you should spend time crying out to Jesus. Who knows what would happen if he did that? Anyway, I think my time is up. They're playing the music.
Amen.